Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. On today's episode of the Bolts broadcast, who will take gold in this summer's World Junior Championship? Be tuned. Season 3, episode 83 of the Bolts broadcast, Mike Mitchelson and Chase Crawshaw joining you today. Chase, how are you doing on this lovely Wednesday afternoon? I'm doing relatively well overall. Um, nothing crazy, nothing spectacular, you know, just kind of kind of floating along. How are you doing? You know, I'm doing great, and I'll get into that in a little bit, but when are we going to start season 4? That's I think that's the question. I think When we do did, we usually make the transition? I can't remember. I think we did September last year. Okay. So, we had first a, episode of September. Oh. How about that? How about that? So, we'll probably get... Do we get to 85? What are we at right now? Is it would be the 18th. You said you're 83 right now? Yeah. So, we wouldn't even get to 85. We'd get 84, and then the next one would be... Yeah. yeah. All right. And, and that's fitting. That that was how many games used to be in the initial schedule. It's at its absolute height. It was 84 in the regular season. So, 84 episodes. Perfect. There we go. So cute. But today... Uh, feels like a Friday to me because it was my last day of work at my current working situation. Current place of employment. Yes. And uh, I'm done there. So happy. But on the way out today, a chick at work was saying, like, she's like, oh, my God, you're going to podcast. Blah, blah, blah. And so I told her the podcast. She followed. And she's like, how do I give it a rating? I'm like, I don't, I don't really know. I just look, I guess. <laughs> and so she decided to blackmail not only me, but you too. Mm, because you're because you're a part of the Bolts broadcast. She doesn't even, I don't even know who this lady is. She said if we don't call her out, or like, you know. Shout her out. Yeah, shout her out on this show, then she's going to unfollow. But if we do, then she's going to post our show on her Snapchat story. Is that going to gain us any traction? I've got no idea. <laughs> but... I do got to say, we live in America, and... We do live in a society. America doesn't negotiate with terrorists. And so, I don't know what this chick thinks she's doing. So, if anyone's getting a shout-out on the Bolts broadcast, it's going to be the boys that listen, that follow for free, just for the love of the game, for the love of Chase, and for the love of Mike. So, quick shout-out to Ryan, Ryan, Jose, Dylan, Frankie, Dustin, and Luke. But no one else. Uh-uh. Go ahead. Again, I still don't know a single one of these people. 
you kind of know Ryan because he made some clown takes. Yeah, that's, but. that's about as much as I know about him. Yeah. All right. Well, anyways, now that that's over, I uh, just wanted to get that out of the way because uh, we're not going to do that. That'd be no, so, no, that'd no, be no, so no, silly no, of us. No, no. We, don't, we, we, we don't fly that way. Exactly. But, Chase, on today's Bolts broadcast, going to be talking a little bit of NHL because we do have a little bit of news. Not really. And then on the other side of the commercial break, can we talk about World Juniors? Uh, we are currently in the quarterfinals as of recording. Those will be done by the time you guys are listening to this. But let's start with the NHL's new COVID policy. Yeah, so I kind of, you know, looked look over this earlier, and I'm just going to try to summarize it kind of the best I can. It's a little, you know, a little bit, little bit wordy. I don't feel like you're just reading word for word. So, um, you know, let's start with this. Uh, players are not required to have the COVID-19 vaccine, but are strongly encouraged to do so and keep up with their boosters that they are eligible for. Um, and start, starting with that last year, it was made public that there was only one player that was actively in the NHL that was not vaccinated. Um, is that going to be different this year? I mean, at this point, most of the players already had have been vaccinated at some point, so I, I don't know how much this changes. It just, um, you know, it, it, it just kind of remains the same as, as last year, I guess. And then travel was one of the most pressing issues. Um, the NHL has instituted some new guidelines so clubs, teams can now suspend players if they have to miss any sort of um, games. Unvaccinated players, I should say. They can suspend unvaccinated players who have to miss games because of COVID-related issues, whether it be border travel, whether it be, um, like get, I, don't know, I don't know if getting sick as well part or not too, but I know for sure like border travel and stuff. Um, you know, when Bertuzzi couldn't go over to Canada for however many games those last year. Uh, he could be suspended by the team without pay for that. Um, if, it, if a player develops symptoms and tests positive, they'll isolate for at least five days, only be permitted to exit isolation when their symptoms are gone and they have received permission from the NHL's chief medical officer. Um, and then players who have symptoms after the five-day period will have to isolate and are only allowed to leave after um, a PCR test. So if you get rid of your symptoms before the five days, you can leave. If you have symptoms longer than that, you got to take a test. Um, players test positive. Uh, they continue to be paid as long as they are unable to participate. If um, I, I, I think that says all players, not just vaccinated players either. And then for the postponement or cancellation of games, the NHL's outline the league will work in tandem with the commissioner to determine whether playing games offers a potent, a potent risk excuse me, to the health of players and club personnel and will then make a judgment whether games in question will be moved to a later date. So really, not like it's super jarring changes. It's a lot of similar stuff, just kind of a little more um, covering things like like a little bit better because you know last year in previous year everything were kind of just thrown into place with this kind of new un- unprecedented waters for for these sports leagues so just kind of more refined policies at the end of the day. Do you know if Canada still like you're required to get vaccinated to go into Canada? I don't think so. I know at least driving over the border here in Michigan you don't necessarily have to. Okay. Um. So I I don't know about flying or anything like that. Gotcha. Because I didn't know with the very first part of the new COVID policy, you said it's not required, but you know, it's highly influenced. Um, I didn't know if that still worked, you know, going across the border and things. So I would, you know, if, if I, if, like, I really don't know for a guess if it, if it does apply, then, you know, this makes sense why you can spend players without pay. If it doesn't apply, maybe they're putting this in place just in case it does apply down the road. That, that would be kind of my best assumption out of all of this. Mm-hmm. Uh, Trying to look. So it looks like um, if you... I'm not reading this right, am I? I don't know. You must right. still use Arrive Canada within 72 hours before you go 
before your arrival to Canada. Unvaccinated and partially vaccinated children under the age of 12 are not required to provide a valid pre-entry test. Okay, that doesn't give me that. I, I don't know. It sounds like a no based on hearing that. Like, you don't need to be. Yeah, I don't know. Anyways, that's the new COVID policy when it comes to the NHL. So, yeah. Chase, let's not talk about some remaining free agents because, believe it or not, uh, there's still some guys out there, and the signings have definitely slowed down. Yes, they have. I mean, it's been pretty stagnant for the last about three weeks or so. Um, maybe things will start changing here a little bit because we've got some RFAs that are still out there, some guys that were not eligible for arbitration. We've got some big UFAs. So I imagine this isn't going to go too much longer. We saw some rumors of Nazem Kadri signing with the Islanders, but they had to make some moves in order to do that. They still have to, you know, re-sign guys like Noah Dobson and Alexander Romanov. So I don't know how they're going to make it all work, but they're obviously going to try to find a way to and, you know, keep for balance the guy as well. But outside of them, um, you know, some RFAs, Jason Robertson, um, Alex Formentin, Sean Dersey, Kirby Doc, Phil Tadina, Barrett Hayton, Noah Gregor, Ryan McLeod, um, you know, those, those are some more prominent names of guys that got good I same last year. Rasta Sandy is another one. Uh, Nick, Nick Haig, Eric Branstrom. These guys are still available to RFAs. Uh, you can still send them qualifying offers. I don't see that happening at this point. So I would just assume that, um, you know, these teams are going to remain with their clubs and either have their right to or be signed here in the next couple of weeks. Then for the UFAs, we have Phil Castle, Paul Sassi, Evan Rodriguez, Sonny Milano, for whatever reason, Tyler Ennis, Antoine Strahlman. Uh, P.K. Subban, Jonathan Dolan. There, there's a lot of talented players out there. I mean, there's probably legitimately a good like 30 to 40 NHL caliber guys that are just sitting there in free agency. The guys that are like surefire NHL caliber players that just aren't being signed for whatever reason. And it's a little strange. I've, you know, I don't really remember this much talent being left out here unsigned this deep in a free agency really in my life and for the NHL. It's definitely different. Um, I, I would have to guess we're going to see some guys sign soon. I mean, I just I just don't understand what the holdup is with the guy like Sonny Milano. I, I it, like twenty six years old, young, first round pick, analytically well, uh, strong passer, has a good vision, does things the right way. I I just don't know how a guy like him is still sitting there unsigned. Yeah, I'd like to see him and uh, some other players get signed as well. Obviously, Nazim Kadri still being out there. It's a guy I want to see get the bag. But I think it'd be funny. You mentioned Alexander Romanov. The Islanders obviously traded the 13th overall pick in this draft to yeah. get him. If uh, they can't find a way to bring him back, I think that would be funny. Not fun. even bring him back. It'd, but, it'd be know. funny if someone sent, sent him an offer that they couldn't match and they could only give up. They only gave up like a second round pick for him. So they yeah. so they literally just trade a first round pick for a second round pick. That mm-hmm. would that's what would be funny. Yeah, and then Montreal um, trading that pick for Kirby Doc. Not just who's also not signed and yeah. is also not a good hockey player. Or he's a fine hockey player, but he's not not worth that that's for sure okay so here's my question would you rather have unsigned Romanov unsigned Kirby Doc or um I don't know if Frankie Nays are signed but either way you have his rights for three years uh so it's between Kirby so one more time Kirby Doc yeah Romanov Romanov and Nazar or or Frankie Nazar which one am am I choosing one of the three you're saying yes I mean, Kirby Doc's definitely last on that list. Like, that's not even a debate. I'm probably going to, as much as I like Romanov, I might lean on the side of, of Frank Nazar. I think he's got a good chance of being a um, kind of sleeper like guy who could be a legitimate top six, or arguably first line type forward. So I'd probably lean him. Uh, Romanov is definitely second. Kirby Doc doesn't even sniff the other two. Yeah, and Frankie Nazar, you still have that uh, rookie contract. So Yeah, and he's not signed yet. Versus Alex Romanov, where 
you know, you're going to have to pay him more than a, a rookie deal. So, yep. All right, well, that's going to do it with the first half of the show. We're going to go to a quick commercial break. On the other side of the commercial break, going to be talking about World Juniors and the surprise matchup that USA has in the quarterfinals. We'll be right back. The action never ends at the DraftKings Sportsbook, especially this summer. With tons of ways to bet on all your favorite sports, you can fuel your fandom and feel the heat of the season like never before. Plus, right now, the DraftKings Sportsbook is giving new customers a risk-free bet up to $1,000. That's right. Make your first bet up to $1,000, and if it doesn't win, you'll get another shot to cash in. You can throw down on all the major action for baseball, golf, MMA, and more. Plus, with same-game parlays, spreads, money lines, over-unders, and props, your betting options feel endless. Best of all, DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable. You can deposit and withdraw your cash whenever you want. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code THPN. Make your first deposit and get a risk-free bet up to $1,000. That's promo code THPN, only at the DraftKings Sportsbook. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. Shout out to our friends over at DraftKings. Thanks so much for sponsoring the show. And as always, any sports betting needs you have, make sure to head over to the DraftKings Sportsbook. All right, Chase, World Juniors. Uh, we finished the preliminary rounds as of Monday. Uh, coming in on Wednesday, we've already got one match decided, one in process, and two more to go today. Uh, Finland, Germany, that ended up 5-2 to two in Finland's favor. Sweden is currently leading Latvia 1-0. But I think the biggest surprise, at least for myself, is if you told me the U.S. was versing the Czechs in the first round, uh, the quarterfinals, I would have said, okay, then Sweden took first in our, conf- or our, uh, our group, and the U.S. took second. Not, Not the, the case. case. No. Not the case at all, Czech. Uh, the Czechia, yeah, surprisingly, finishes fourth in, in that pool. Did not look bad in the tournament, but didn't look great either. Had some tough moments. Had a couple of good games. You know, they, they look solid in their win against Slovakia, but it, it just hasn't really gone their way. And this is probably a worst-case scenario matchup for the U.S., honestly. Like, sure, if they finish fourth in the pool, but Canada, yeah, you can say that's worse. But any other team from that pool, minus, you know, my, my, minus Czechia, who is struggling and is now going to be hungry to really improve their play like it, it just it, it's, it's gonna be interesting they, they're obviously a talented team they've got enough uh you know talent on their roster to go out and, and beat the u.s and it wouldn't be an upset even though it is a one to four but they're, they're gonna play with a little more hunger than than you know if they were maybe the first or second seed they're yeah they get to be like okay we really dropped the ball here we gotta prove everyone wrong now so it's gonna be a scary one for the u.s i, I got faith in them but the goaltending has played all right throughout the tournament, haven't really had too many challenges, but it's still not necessarily anything elite. So it could break down at any point, and it's a, it's a little spooky. Um, you're talking about surprises, though. Honestly, my biggest surprise of this all is that Slovakia went winless and did not move on. I, I don't know how Latvia found a way to finish third in this in this group. Um, mm-hmm. Just just incredible. They, they get paired with Sweden. That's a tough draw for them. Um, but I'm really surprised at how bad Slovakia played in this. Right. It's, you know, just last episode, we were talking about how, I think it, they're in Group A, correct? Yeah. Uh, group A is definitely more scary than Group B because it was us and Sweden. Oh, oh, you're saying the U.S. is U.S. in Group B. 
I thought you, we just yeah, said, yeah. you just said Slovakia and you said Group A. Okay, yeah, yeah. Okay, okay. That's, I, that's I, what I, I was clarifying. You. I got you. I got you. Okay. I was clarifying. Okay, that. I got you. Um, we were saying Group A was the more difficult one, and while in Group B we had us and Sweden, and I then you, I got you. I got not you. as difficult matchups, and then we go over to Group A and we think, wow, they've got four teams that could really vie for a good spot, and the one that we just completely doubted is the one that comes out in third, which is crazy. But I hear, um, at least when that check game was happening, that it was the goaltending. And if we know one thing about Latvia, they got some great goaltenders. And Kristers Gudlevskis, we've got some great Latvian goaltenders in the NHL franchise. NHL, uh, like the video game. Yes. So, I was going to say .com. That's definitely not what I'm going for. Um, but... Yeah, the goaltending, apparently the reason. Yeah, and I mean, it's a solid roster in terms of what they normally bring to the U-20s. They don't really get to play this level very often, usually in the second um, level of the U-20s, because it's just it's just really not a strong hockey market right now. But this is a, kind of one of their stronger teams, so it makes sense that they're having a little more success than, than what I would expect, but it still is a bit surprising. So, you know, kudos to them. It is super cool, but at the end of the day, um, right now, I was talking about it's hard for me to say any, it's giving anybody but Canada's like, you know, showing us Canada looked like they were just very clearly the favorites and mm. through four games, it, it wasn't, it's not even close. All right. They get beat by Switzerland tonight. What's happening? What's going through I, your mind? <laughs> I will, I will laugh hysterically. There's just zero chance. There's, there, there's no way. Cause Switzerland did not look good at like any point, except for when they played Austria, they looked okay. You should, there, there's just no chance. You should bet everything in your bank account on Canada tonight. No, because that's when you know they will lose. <laughs> that's that's when you know they will for sure lose. So yeah. No chance I'm doing that. But, man, the, that Canadian roster looks good. It's obviously right now, if, you're, if you've been watching, it, it's the Mason McTavish show. Um, yeah, Finland, you know, they're, they're t- kind of top three with Kamali Yarventi and, and, and Ratu have played really good. You know, Atu Ratu looking like he should have been a top half first round pick. Oh, who said that? Chase, that's right. Shocker. Mike. But anyway, uh, and even Joachim Kemmel. Should have been, yeah. you know, higher pick, and he falls and comes right away and just dominates. So good, good for them. Good for the Finnish team. They've definitely got, you know, a, a chance to to really compete for gold here. They play so strong at the U twenties, but this Canadian roster, it's just good from top to bottom. I dropped my phone. Um, nice. It's, it's good, really, just good everywhere, everywhere, top to bottom. It's it, it's just it's, it's a little surprising, not gonna lie, that. Um, you know, Sebastian Kosa was obviously the first goalie taken in that 2021 draft. It might have been the right choice, might have been the wrong choice. We're going to see here in the next couple of years, but he's not even really the starting goalie. It's, it's Dylan Garand they have more faith in. Um, Sebastian Kosa has been pretty disappointing since being drafted, to be honest. But everything else really about the team, Garand's been playing well. Um, McTavish up front has been dominant. Connor Bedard is just an absolute superstar on the back end. You know, Owen Zellweger, John, Donovan Sabrango, Jack Thompson, those guys are playing incredibly well. This team just looks really good. Uh, McTavish. Right now, I, I haven't done it yet. I need to, but I'm probably going to put my money on him for rookie of the year this year because he just he looks like he's in a different stratosphere with these guys. And just looking at the performers here on Canada, I mean, you can't help but think what's Anaheim going to look like in a couple of years? Yeah, with McTavish and Zellweger, and then I mean, there's a possibility that they could still win the lottery this year it's it's far from impossible on top of already you know just for, even outside of canada they have lucas Dostal and that they they have trevor zagras already obviously there mm-hmm. they, they've just got 
an incredible group. Sasha Pashadov, an American kid, um, you know, uh, yeah. whose who's ceiling I like a lot. They, they have all the makings of a potential dynasty down the road. This is kind of what we were talking about Colorado and New York were going to be. New York um, doing a little differently. Colorado obviously has had success, but like Anaheim and Detroit, those are two teams that are really both trending that way. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And, hey, I am super excited to actually sit down and watch some World Junior Hockey because with work – uh, I wouldn't get out until three, and uh, one of the games would be over by then. And then by the time the you know big game at night started, like USA Sweden, that was a ten o'clock game. I got to be up and at work by seven a.m. in the morning. So with this job transition, I'm actually going to be able to stay up and watch some games. Going to be able to catch them, so I can't wait. Just so you know, there's today, Friday, and Saturday, and that's it. Yeah, I know. So, but that's all that matters because quarters, all, we, semis and finals, yeah, yeah. all we've had was the prelims and Hey, USA got through it. So I'm um, finally going to be able to sit down and watch some good world junior hockey. I'm super excited for it. So we need to make sure to talk about Connor Bedard because yeah, Mason McTavish eh. had 13 points. Connor Bedard is a 17 year old, just turned 17 literally a month ago. Mm-hmm. And he is playing on that top line with Mason McTavish and just dominating. I mean, I, I I'm not going to lie. I think this kid might might be on pace to set the like. I I don't really want to say re- like all time record because like Mario Lemieux had two hundred and like eighty points his rookie year, but what or his like his draft year, but like the, of the modern day draft years, he, he might go he might go set some records in major junior. It, it, I really wouldn't doubt it. He could be a legitimate two plus point per game type guy to do that in junior hockey nowadays. A seventeen year old, it, it's pretty phenomenal. Even think that could be the case, but. I don't see how he doesn't score a goal per game, at least. Like, the only person in the world right now that even, like, rivals his his wrist shot is Austin Matthews, and he might have a better shot than Austin Matthews. Um, <laughs> okay. Well, well, it's, that's, that's, that's how... That's high praise. That's how elite this kid's wrist shot is. It's, hmm. uh, for some, if you watch him, um, you know, if go go subscribe to, to EP Ringside. This is, this is a free shout-out to them. Because they do a really good job on breaking down stuff, and you can go read about Connor Bedard and his, um, and really just all about his shot specifically because it's so unique. He somehow has the ability to shoot off balance from his his you know non dominant leg, and the puck comes off eighty five miles an hour exactly where he wants to go, somewhere where no one else can touch it. It's something that literally maybe Austin Matthews is the only other guy in the league that can do that right now. I feel like I can kind of do that, yeah, <laughs> because yeah. for a while. Uh, Never played hockey, played played soccer, football, baseball, basketball. Dad played, you know, nearly 20 years of hockey. Somehow I never played hockey. Yeah, so, so weird. Uh, anytime we're in your basement shooting some pucks, uh, I remember there was a couple of times I had to watch you shoot and be like, all right, what leg do I have to lean on? I don't know which one. <laughs> so, hey, I, I'm probably got a pretty wicked shot off the wrong leg. Yeah, no, no it's, <laughs> it's a little different, not going to lie. I oh, mean, okay. Dude, he he's got the he's got the potential to do some really special things in not only junior hockey but in the NHL. Right now, entering his draft year, he's looking like the best prospect that has ever been in my lifetime, and could go all the way back to the Mario Lemieux type of prospect. All right, well, let's do this then. You know what I'm going to bring up. If you don't, you will very soon here. I sent you a tweet from Jay Fresh. He talked about looking back mm-hmm. at Shane Wright and Alexi Lafreniere. How is it not, uh, or how are you not questioning whether Bedard has a 
not not exact same path, but those other two look generational. Yeah, they, at some point in their careers, they, they did. So Shane Wright, I think, is a bit of a different case because COVID really threw things off. Um, didn't really give him a fair shake, and you know, I've talked about that quite a bit. That like once he got rolling last year, he he looked great. And he was the best 15 year old I'd ever seen play with my own eyes. That's for sure. He was the arguably the best player in the OHL at the time when I was working in the OHL. He really was something special. In my opinion, doesn't change too much. Maybe he's not someone that is looked at as like you know top five player in the league at some point. But I mean, he's still going to be a number one center in the NHL. I guarantee that. Lafreniere, at the end of the day, he really was not in the same stratosphere as um, as a. Shane Wright, Connor Bedard, Connor McDavid, even like a John Tavares type guy. Like, like he he wasn't in that same transfer. He was a very talented player who was playing on the wing. Someone that looked like he has the potential to maybe score 80, 90, 100 points in the NHL. But playing on the wing and being a little bit older, it was kind of known that, you know, he's not going to be some other just worldly groundbreaking type guy. He's someone that you absolutely want to take first overall. You want him on your team. You want a chance to develop him, but he still wasn't in a different stratosphere. So as disappointing as it is, he's still pretty young. I still have faith in him. Um, but the, like Lafreniere doesn't even touch the other two. You know, I talked about it before, before Conor Bernard played in the WHL, I was like, you know, Shane Wright, like, the, like right now I'm taking this guy over anybody else. But then Conor Bernard played in the WHL. I'm like, Oh, okay. And nope, that's going to change. Like this kid just does things so differently. He's just, it's it, it's it's hard to explain. I, I I don't know how he does things so differently so well. Um, especially you know, and if you see, oh, he, he scored a hundred points at sixteen year old. What what did the rest of his team do? Well, he played on one of the worst teams in the WHL, and his next highest scoring teammate was Tanner Howitt, sixty nine points, nice. Who was also um, a young kid, only sixteen years old. So it's not like like he's literally carrying the team by himself as as a sixteen year old playing junior hockey. He's just got everything going from there's really not a flaw in his game i have a hard time seeing how it doesn't pan out if it doesn't pan out though then i might just give up on hockey i do want to go through jay fresh's full three tweet thread real quick and then uh get a question about it for you afterwards so he says if bedard doesn't turn out to be at least borderline generational i'm going to be so annoyed lafreniere and wright have done almost irreparable damage to my ability to get infinitely hyped about a top prospect and Darling, I'm sure all three will be great players, but my expectations based on how people talked about them were way out of whack. So with that being said, he even added Rasmus Darling as you saw there. Yeah. Which I, I, I think Rasmus Darling has got the best chance of those three to become unique, a unique player in his position. I, I'm not very concerned about Rasmus Darling to be honest. So with that being said, why is Connor Bedard, not going to be affected like these guys were. Why is he going to take the Connor McDavid route rather than the Shane Wright or Alexi Lafreniere route? Why is he going to be an absolute superstar as he gets in the league? Well, it starts with if you want to look at his production, he's doing things that none of these other guys have done. Um, you know, even like like the McDavid's and like the Shane Wrights. Like he's as a sixteen year old, he um you know he set the record for goals scored by a sixteen year old in WHL. He had triple, you know, triple hundred point, like triple point season, triple digit hundred points. Um, was clearly the best player in the league. He's playing on the top line at, at the U twenty tournament. He looks like a top three player on the ice at, at the absolute worst. And the way he does things is just so different. So Shane Wright, you know, a guy like him, he is a very talented offensive player who just 
does things not super flashy, but you just look at him. He's like, okay, this guy's just just do, he does it different than everybody else. He just he just knows how to do it the right way. Um, and like he so he does it differently, but he doesn't do it like exceptionally. He just knows how to do everything. Um, you know, and then you look at a guy like Connor McDavid, who is this otherworldly skater. No one in the, in the world touches him. No one in the world will touch him while he's playing in the NHL. Like it's just a one of one skating type player. You know, maybe. Pavel Bure was, was the next closest thing to him, but right now I'm still taking Connor McDavid in that aspect. And Connor Bedard, what makes him so different is there's I've literally never seen the only other person I think I've ever seen shoot the puck the, the way that he does is is like an awesome Matthews. You know, there might be older players that I didn't really see as much, you know, as much of si- like sample sizes of that maybe did the same way. But Ovechkin, you know, this guy shoots with this absolute power strength where um Connor Bedard, he shoots, you know, off like off balance. Um, the subtle toe drags, he can completely change the angle of the shot just by moving his stick an eighth of an inch. Um, I've never seen the puck release off someone's stick so quickly. It's just, you got to have something that's super unique, and that's what it is. He, he has this just unbelievably unique shooting style that is, is unmatched. It's what makes Austin Matthews so hard to predict, so hard to stop, because he has a unique shooting style. Bedard's is, at minimum, as unique, if not more. I kind of want to do a comparison here for those who have not watched Connor Bedard and kind of just don't understand, you know, what is it that's, you know, weird about his shot? What is it that's different that makes it stand out? Would you say it's similar, different sport, similar to a Pat Mahomes or a Matt Stafford where they come in and, you know, you know the typical quarterback, but it really blew up. When Pat Mahomes came in, and we know as living in Detroit, Matt Stafford's been doing it too, but these off-angle, these off-arm angles that they're using, the sidearms, the, um, you know, even throwing behind the back and somehow still completing passes, would you say it's similar to a Pat Mahomes-like where they it, it's funky, but it works? I've, I've got a good example. You, do you remember the Super Bowl that the Chiefs lost? where Patrick Mahomes had zero help from his offensive line. The one time where he was getting tackled, he was an eighth of an inch from being on the ground, and he still threw the ball yeah. behind his back, sidearm, 60 yards downfield. Mm-hmm. That's what Connor Bedard does. He does things that's like, I didn't know a human could do that. Mm-hmm. I, I, I don't know how he does that. If you look where he shoots from, he doesn't shoot from like super high like scoring areas all the time. Like like If you watch his goal from whatever game it was, a game or two ago at the, at the World Juniors, he was it was a like it was like a two on two kind of situation and he just shot from you know just just a simple wrist shot from the right side so the shooting angle wasn't in his favor um from from the faceoff dot and the goalie had no chance to save it just because like you just have no idea where he's going to put the puck you don't know how it's going to come off like you don't know where it's coming off of his stick at you you can no matter how prepared you are you're not prepared for how fast it comes off of his stick it was an angle that really no other player on the ice would have scored and Conradar just does it 40 times a year. And with all that being said, uh, USA is still going to take the tournament. I hope so. And Tampa has no shot at Connor Bedard. So no, uh, unfortunately, unfortunately we do not. I just really hope we don't see him go somewhere. Icky. Yeah. Preferably on the, uh, other side, throw him to the West. I, I other than the Islanders, so we just don't want to see him in an Islanders Jersey. I mean, you, me and I are both in the same boat. I thought yeah. another worst case scenario. The Flyers. Don't like the Flyers. That would be gross seeing them wear a Philadelphia Flyers jersey. Why are orange teams so gross in the NHL? I don't, I mean, I don't know. I don't want to hate Anaheim because I don't have an issue with Anaheim. They're kind of orange. Yeah, I guess a little bit. 
But I really, I'd love to see him, you know, get an opportunity in Seattle, even though they have three, like they put him at three to number one, like type center type mm-hmm. guys. Like I'd still like to see it. Um, but other than that, like, I, I don't know. I'd rather see him go to like, like a team like Detroit, as much as we don't want to see him in, in our division. Mm-hmm. I'd rather see him flop and then, you know, go somewhere where, that you know he can go look good in like look like go look good in a good looking jersey like the Red Wings jersey or he can you know as much as I don't want him to play at Arizona's rink he'd look awesome in that Kachina jersey I love that jersey so much you know I, I want to see him where he's just gonna look good somewhere mm-hmm. and get the opportunity to just take the reins do whatever the hell you want to do figure it out how to make it work I don't want to see him in Canada except I'd be okay with Winnipeg. He would, like. he would, he would look solid in, in a Jets jersey. Him, yeah. pl- him playing on, on you know, down the middle with with Cole Perfetti on one wing and mm-hmm. Kyle Connor on the other wing. It's game set match. See, I was thinking, you know, Calgary, Vancouver, two teams that I, s- I, I could rock them in Vancouver if they bring back the skateboard jersey. Yeah, like I'm thinking, these are teams that have young talent but still haven't really been able to reach the promised land. And we know Calgary, um, they've been stuck in purgatory forever, but. Could Connor Bedard be that guy that takes these two teams to that next level? Um, I'd, I'd be okay with Vancouver. I don't really want to see him in Calgary. Nah, nah, nah. The Calgary had their chance, and then, then, they, then yeah. they, they blew it. But if it's Canada, I want it to be Winnipeg. Yeah, I would agree. Another team I really wouldn't mind seeing him in, you know, since it's not going to be Tampa, we'll talk about all the scenarios. I think he would just, I think he'd look good in that Dallas green. Yeah. Get Dallas right. away from me. I mean, like, they, like that's that's not a team. I'm thinking to me in that running. I think he just, I think he'd look good in those colors. But regardless, whoever ends up with Connor Bedard, it's it's just gonna be that that you know one of those guys that it, it just it's really not fair. You you watch Connor McDavid, you know, especially when he's playing these Edmonton teams that struggled the last couple of years. You watch him go coast to coast, skate through everybody, and when he scores, he just looks like he's fucking pissed off because he's like, you guys are this fucking terrible helping me out. I have to do all the shit by myself. Mm-hmm. Tom Bernard can do those types of things where he can just like be so dominant without the support that like, he's going to start getting mad because he's just has to be so good without any help. <laughs> so it, I, I hope a team that he goes to provides the right infrastructure around him and doesn't do, you know what Evanton did and only get two superstars and nobody else. Um, Sidney Crosby, when he got drafted, he's been the most dominant player uh, from 2005. I mean, obviously there is, Conversations with Ovechkin, but I'm pretty pretty sure that most people regarded Sidney Crosby yeah. as the best player in the NHL up until the last couple of years where Connor McDavid's taken over. Pretty much since Connor McDavid's second year, the first year he didn't get to play the whole year, but the second year on it was it was Connor McDavid's show. So he had over a decade as the most dominant player. Is there a chance where we see Connor McDavid be the most dominant player for less than a decade because of Connor Bedard? It's not impossible. You know, it, it's hard to say that. All this, especially nowadays, with with how um, you know, like like when Crosby and Ovechkin broke in, they were hundred point rookies. That doesn't happen. That, that hasn't happened since then. That's right. It's very rare for that to happen. So it's hard to say this kid's going to come in and score a point per game. But if someone's going to do it, it's him. Like it, it, it's it's just the truth. If someone is going to do it, it's Connor Bedard. So I could see a path where he can come you know, come in after his rookie year, establish himself as all right. He's that dude. But. Let's be realistic. At the end of the day, he's he's a kid. These are all kids we're talking about in the NHL draft. They're 17, 18, 19, 20 years old. You got to give him a little bit, little bit, of, little bit of time to to really figure it out. Um, he might have struggles early in the NHL because he's just a kid. Yet again, we're going to be living in a brand new part of the world. Um, you cut him some slack, but 
I, I don't really see how it's really more than a decade of dominance for Connor McDavid. Like, I, I, a decade's probably what's going to be max, and then Connor McDavid's going to be like, all right, it's kick rocks. It's my turn. <laughs> uh, speaking of kid, I don't know. Did you see my Instagram post that I sent you? I, I don't ever get my Instagram messages. Like, I don't, I don't get notifications for them, so I just never see them. So, no. So, it was from Bardown, and there's an eight-year-old, Kaysen Pusateri. And, I mean, yeah, I'll just share the clip live. How about that? Sounds good. So you can get a live reaction coming in. So I'm, I, I just want, before anything, this kid's eight years old. I don't care how what he does. He's got 10 years before he's even not NHL radars. Hey, hey, this kid's already got it, though. <laughs> hey, if, everyone listening, if you have kids and, and you're getting them into hockey, please, for the love of God, tell your kid to learn how to use the backhand. Mm-hmm. You know what Sidney Crosby's best asset is beside his brain is his backhand. Do you know how hard it is for goalies to stop backhands nowadays? You know, back in the 60s, 70s, 80s, you had, you had a flat blade, so it was a little more expectable. You could do a little more. Now, if you have a good backhand, goalies, they're lost. It, it, it throws them off so hard. And anybody that has a dominant backhand, they're going to score 40 goals in the league like every single year. Teach your kid how to use the backhand. That kid had a gross backhand shot as an eight-year-old. That that was that was great. He had you know, the celly too. He had yeah. the flow. He had everything yeah. rocking. Yeah. So all right, now 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 I'm gonna look at this kid's EP. Yeah, you're gonna have to. <laughs> all right. Well, that's gonna do it for the show. We're gonna go to a quick com- not commercial. Not, not commercial break. Hockey silly, name of the day. There you go. Uh, and here we go. We have Martin Stangleberger. Martin Stangelberger. Stangelberger. Martin Stangelberger. So Martin is a 34-year-old Austrian who played in the Austrian 4 league in 15, 16, 16, 17. A total of 14 games, 14 points. And he has not played since then. Oh, oh I lied, oh, actually. I lied. Liar. Um, he played in 2009, 2010, way before that, in in. English tournament in, in England um, and whatever the for the Nottingham Mavericks be. I'm assuming it's low level. I don't know. But yeah, so that's Martin. Don't really know where in Austria he was born. I know he was born in January 19th, 1988. Don't know how big or small he is. He is retired. Uh, Martin, if you're listening, shout out to you. Yeah, great name. Loving it. It's, uh, well, to be fair, I was going to say it's probably the best name we've had on Hockey Name of the Day in quite some time. But to be fair, since we started doing one episode a week, I'm really starting to struggle to recall the names we've had recently. Fair enough. But this enough. one definitely does stand out as a very good name. Yes, it's just like you, you'd want to root for this guy. Oh, yeah. You you, you just would. I the, still want to. The, 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 any any last name that's four syllables or longer or is ten letters or longer, like that, you already have my heart. Mm-hmm. Love it. Or if your name has alliteration. Yes. I want to root then of course, so hard yeah, for you. Yes, yes absolutely. Speaking of that, like in in um in Madden, I started like a franchise. Oh boy! Where um I, I did a coach, like because like there's new coach features and stuff. So I want to check out what it was, and I usually do owner. And then in the top right corner, it just says like you know if so like for owner they have like in parentheses have the O, so for the coach it has C, so it said C then C Crawshaw. So it's just like triple alliteration there. Like oh, Coach Chase Crawshaw. What 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 <laughs> what alliteration that is right there? That's just that put me in the Hall of Fame. Yeah, yeah. Hopefully <laughs> All right, well, that's going to do it for the show. I want to thank you so much for coming out. Chase, would you hit him with an outro? No. All right, bye. Thanks for listening. Check us out. Oh. Um, yeah, you know, go go check us out on Twitter at Bolts Broadcast. Go follow the Hockey Podcast Network on Twitter at HockeyPodNet. Go follow WP on Twitter at WP Sports Pod. Make sure to go to HockeyPodcastNetwork.com. Find all the podcasts on the network right there. Boom, click the logo. That's an easy peasy. 
Lemon Squeezy, wherever listening, rate us five stars, send us your questions, comments, concerns, whatever you do, don't forget to use code THPN when you start for DraftKings. Wow, you went through that fast, eh? Yeah. Thanks so much for stopping by. I'll talk to you next time. Whoa.